how to live as a Christian in a more and more secular world. How to live. That seems to be the theme of the scriptures today. And the short answer is, shine. Shine because you have the light of Christ. It sounds so simple and so straightforward in the gospel. But apparently there is more to this. Because why otherwise would Christianity be be in such a crisis today? There must be something we are not doing completely right. But let's start with the positive. The proclamation from the gospel states firmly that Christians are a necessary ingredient in the menu of the world. Like salt gives taste to food and preserves it. That's us. Simply put, God created a world that doesn't know its maker yet. And he created Christianity to be a witness and teacher of that divine knowledge that we are created by God. That we are intimate, connected with him because he made us and he has a purpose for each one of us. And by that process of witnessing and teaching, we help to reconcile the world with itself. That is a great and holy mission of us Christians. It's funny because when I watch documentaries on Netflix about the universe, its creation and its vastness, the commentators marvel about the complexity of that universe and are in awe of what is discovered by their scientific methods. Beautiful. But they shy away from that one simple but essential step. That one simple essential step in becoming fully human to say, thank you, Lord. I love you too. And that is where Christians come in. They must propose scientific theories that go beyond the imagination of those who are simply collecting data. One example, convinced of the rational and orderly nature of universe, scientists continue to search for patterns and structures to understand how it all sticks together. They do that because they believe in the rational and structural origin of the universe. It's not that something that just happened by chance. The Belgian Catholic priest George Lemaitre deeply believing in the power of God to create something out of nothing, in 1927, without a Hubble telescope, 
he conceived the theory of the Big Bang. Something that even Einstein initially could not believe. But until today, it is still the leading explanation in the worldwide scientific community about the origin of our universe. Don't let anyone tell you that science is not compatible with faith. Also, Christians must continue to flood the internet with pictures and movies of ultrasounds of babies in the womb to show what abortion providers call a lump of cells, to show that it is indeed a human being, only it's not born yet. And they should continue to produce videos of expectant women who, against all odds, were able to choose life. Deacon Charlie, his wife Jessica, and Rick, our seminarian, are at this moment at the screening of a brand new movie called They Were Stronger. And I hope I can make that available for you this Lent. And thirdly, Christians must fight the evil of depression in their own lives and in their families. They must do that by learning how to trust in the Lord. If there was only one thing that the current opiate crisis reveals is that we are in pain. We are in a deep spiritual pain that cannot be numbed. Not even by the three P's, power, pleasure, and possessions. Not even by fentanyl, a prescription drug that is a hundred times more potent than morphine. A lethal dosis is only two milligrams, and you find it on the street. Just some sobering facts from the website of the DEA. Last year, about 110,000 people in the U.S. died of a drug overdose. And in roughly 70%, fentanyl was involved. Brothers and sisters, that is eight times the number of deaths caused by gun violence. Eight times. So what to do? Restricting the supply chain obviously doesn't work. We have tried that. So we should try to change something on the side of the demand. We must fight. What we must fight is the idea with which we fool ourselves constantly that our needs need to be met before we can think about those of others. That I need to have $100,000 on the bank before I can give in charity. That I need to be happy before someone else can bother me. That I need a steady partnership before I can think of love and think of commitment. St. Paul says in the second reading, 
I came to you in weakness. I came to you in fear and much trembling, but with a demonstration of spirit and power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. And propagated forcibly today is the idea that we are either powerless victims of oppression who need first to be liberated to have a life of dignity, or that we are oppressors ourselves who need to be so-called educated on our unconscious biases. But those are lies and are not without effect for our spiritual health. They obscure the spiritual truth that we are saved by the power of Jesus Christ. That his love pulls us out of the mud of confusion. The prophet Isaiah told us today that there are very simple ways in which this spiritual wound can be healed. He says, share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. How confronting is that? That's all it takes. And the result, Isaiah says, will be phenomenal. And I believe it's worth repeating the last sentences from the first reading. Because the prophecy goes, Then, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light, light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like the midday sun. 